What do you make of Coach Signetti's comments after practice today? Nothing earth-shattering. No, nothing, nothing too earth-shattering. You know, he's known to keep stuff close to the vest, and uh, today was one of those days. And, but, you know, he, he said some good things. You know, talked about some freshmen sticking out a little bit, you know, through a couple practices and, and whatnot. But, you know, there's 16 practices this, this August, and uh, they're through four of them. So we're quarter way there, and there's probably a lot more to talk about, you know, the next few weeks as well. Let's talk about that. He, he, he brought up some from freshmen, and again, we've talked about this in the past. When he brings somebody up, it means that they are doing something well on the field because he doesn't usually just bring guys up. But he did bring up the two receivers, Maxwell Moss, who um, he looks the part. He looks a little different than some of the other freshmen. And then Yamir Knight, who, again, was the player of the year in Delaware, younger brother of, of uh, Wayne Knight, who was a running back a year ago, and will get some, some action this year. But um, Yamir is really talented in the slot. Max will be on the outside a little bit. But those two guys starting to get a little run with, with some of the backups, and you never know what could happen, but they've been kind of impressive so far. Yeah, you know, Maxwell Moss is the kind of guy, I think he's the, of any of the freshman receivers, the four of them on the team, I think he's really the closest you know, to looking the part of a being a college receiver. It looks like, you know, the closes of, of probably finding his way on the field this year, just from what we've seen. I've been impressed with him, and he's a guy who, you know, wasn't really that, you know, rated coming out of high school, um, but, you know, he's he's really turned it on lately, and, and I think that is a good ad to get. They got him late kind of in the process last year, um, and he's a guy, you know, from Maryland, and looks part of 6'1", so it looks good. Still is weird seeing a number different number eight wearing where a guy wearing number eight playing receiver not being Chris Thornton. Yeah, it is. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> when I first went out there the first day, I was like, "Wow, Chris Thornton put on some height." But you know, <laughs> uh, too. other than that, you know, I think we're going to get used to it by the time the season rolls around. But it's still kind of weird to see him out there, and you're like, "Oh, number eight running around a little bit." I mean, it's the same. I think every year when you look at different sports teams and and. and Numbers change. I mean, Reggie Brown in number one this year, and yeah. it seems like Tyson Fayo plays wide receiver all of a sudden. So, yeah, I think, you know, it, it takes me getting used to, but, you know, he looks the part in it. And Yamir Knight, he brought up Yamir, and slots a position that I think there's some reps there behind Phoenix Sproles. I think Phoenix is kind of entrenched as the one, and he'll get a ton of reps there. I don't know if it'll come off the field a lot, but you're going to need some other guys. And I think Jaden Mines now in his second year. Um, got a little action last year, a little run, but Yamir Knight has a chance, I think, to, to maybe get some snaps as a true freshman in the slot because that's an area where they, they could use a little bit of depth help right there. Yeah, they could. I mean, he's a guy who was you know, the, the Delaware player of the year last year, you know, Gatorade Delaware player of the year. He pretty much won almost every honor you can win um, in high school and in a state. And he scored a lot of touchdowns, and he's an interesting guy because he's 5'8", and he's a receiver, but he kind of looks like a running back. I, You know, the guy I would try to you know almost – you know, comparing to on the team, it's kind of a Solomon Van Horst type. Um, he just is listed as a receiver and not a running back, but he can do both. And I think if Jamie needed him to be a running back, which they don't, which they're, they're fine in that room, it could happen. But he is definitely a guy in the spot that, you know, could push for some time. I mean, you talk about Jaden Mines, I think he's had a good summer, and, and I think he might be the guy to step up first. But, you know, Ymir is right there, too. He looks just like his brother. <laughs> When they're he out does. there, and they sometimes run the same reps together and stuff, and it's 25 and 20, and they, they look very similar. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, and Wayne had a couple of moments last year, so we'll see if Ymir does this season. We're talking to Noah Fleischer from the Daily News Record. D'Angelo Pons was another guy that, that he brought up. Um, young man from West Park, Florida, 5'9". He's a little skinny at 162, but I'll be honest with you, he was he's getting into it. He's right there in the mix to, to maybe get some snaps and corners a much deeper position because of a guy like D'Angelo Pons. But um, he's not afraid to mix it up despite the, the kind of the lack of size right now, which I'm sure he's going to get bigger. 
Yeah, I mean, if you, you know, if the people out there watched, you know, any videos that Jamie put out from day one of practice, he had an interception on the first day of, of practice. And so I think, you know, that, that shows you something right there. A guy who was, you know, pretty highly recruited coming out of Miami, you know, out of the Miami area. He had offers from like Tulane, Syracuse, you know, Liberty, you know, a couple Sunbelt schools were in on them too, like ODU and, and Arkansas State. So people know who he is, and he, I think, can see the field probably pretty quickly. I mean, corner is an interesting spot, you know, overall. Um, just because you have Chauncey Logan there, probably as the, the number one, and then Devin Coles is the number two, and then Brent Lo- Brent Austin. But after that, I think it's pretty it's pretty open, and I think that Daniel Lafond is making a push to be that number four corner and get on the field a ton this year. Yeah, no question. We're talking again. Noah Fleischer from the Daily News Record as we discuss some Jamie footballs. Kurt Signetti had some comments after practice today. You know, one thing uh, he he talked to the team about this. He he brought it up in in our conversation with him weeks two, three, four, and five, and and mainly at Sunbelt Media Days it was weeks two, three, and four because they were all on the road. But now I, I hear him more adding in week five because they come back home and host South Alabama, which obviously could be the best team in the West because all the guys that they have back. But um, he keeps stressing to his guys that they've got to be ready out of the out of the shoot this year just because of that schedule and how daunting it really is. Um, he, he, he said it's going to be a B. There's no doubt about that, um, two through five, especially in those three consecutive road games. But they do uh, – he keeps preaching getting better every day because they've got to be ready when the season starts. Yeah, I mean, they'll have a, you know, FCS game week one against Bucknell. I mean, uh, you don't know what to expect. You know, really from that one other than probably, you know, it's not as hard as what the next, you know, four weeks will look like for them. But, yeah, going on the road for three straight weeks and then coming home and playing South Alabama is arguably – probably the best team in the Sun Belt. I mean, I'll just put it out there. They, yeah, they return the most they production, and, and they really come in and out. I mean, yes, they're voted number two in the West Pole, but I would not be surprised to see them at the end of the year in the Sun Belt Championship. Um, and you get them at home, which I guess is the best-case scenario for JMU, um, but they're a really good team. Carter Bradley's a really good quarterback for them, and they're going to come and, come and play. They want to come in, into Harrisonburg and get, get a W in front of a sold-out crowd, which I immediately day I talked to them a little bit, they weren't aware it was sold out, but once they found out, I think I think they're a little more uh, motivated to come into Harrisonburg and try to leave with a win in front of a packed house. You know, we we talked about the freshman at receiver, but you ask about that position as a whole, and he talked about the competition of that spot. And there obviously is a big question mark going into the season just because of, of all the, the production they lost off of last year's team. And Terrence Green, KT, Devin Rabinell, those guys, I mean, three of the top four guys are gone. But now watching practice and, and, and seeing it, do you feel maybe even more comfortable with that spot, seeing the, the depth that they have there? Obviously, Reggie Brown is back, but Phoenix Sproles, Taji Hudson is stepping up, Troy Lewis, um, Elijah Surratt's getting some run right now, and he made a couple of great plays at, at practice today. Um, some of the other guys we've talked about. Do you feel like it's deep? Omarion Donaldson is a guy that, that can take the top off the defense at times, and I think he'll get a lot of run. Do you do you feel more comfortable with that spot than maybe you did even going into fall camp? Yeah, I think so. I think that you know you see what they have on the field, and it's going to be you know one of those positions that you know didn't know it going in, coming out of fall camp. I think they'll be okay. Um, it's not going to be. I don't think you're going to have two thousand yard receivers no. like Jamie did a couple of years ago. Um, but I think it's going to be enough guys in that room to get the job done and be successful in the Sun Belt. And I think that's, you know, all you really need to, to win games is a team effort. Um, there might be a 1,000-yard receiver in that room, but I don't, I don't think we're going to see two like we did a couple years ago. And honestly, we may not even see any. It just depends. It could be a situation where there could be a bunch of guys with like 20 to 30 catches and, and yeah. no standout. I, and, and there's nothing wrong with that either. No, there's not. And that actually might be a best-case scenario because – you know, last year, 
you know, Chris Thornton was one of the best receivers on the team, the best receiver on the team, right? He he would always find ways to get open, but teams found a way to shut him down kind of in the red zone. He, he scored early in the year, and they didn't score until close to the end of the year. He, you know, figured out ways to get open in the middle of the field and help him move the ball. And I think this time around, teams can't really key on, on one receiver per se because you can try to go key on a guy like Reggie Brown, and it'll open things up for a Marion Dollison and Phoenix Sproles. You try to shut one of them down, Reggie Brown is open. So, I think it's going to, you know, make defenses play JMU a little more honest. You, you can't really double coverage too much because, you know, you're going to have a guy open and, and JMU will try to exploit that. I did tell our listeners earlier that we were told that we couldn't ask any quarterback questions, so that's why we didn't ask quarterback questions today. Any, any thoughts on the quarterback right now, though? I can ask you that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty even race right now. I, you know, from what I'd be able to see at practice, which is a lot of throwing against air, but it's something. I, I really think that, you know, it's an even race. People going in thought, you know, Jordan McLeod had a head, head lead. I mean, a lot of people did. I mean, he has the experience in, the, in college football. But right now, I, I would say it's an even race, you know, on day four of practice. I think if you ask me next week, we'll probably see a difference in the next week. I mean, this is kind of the time of camp where one guy will pull ahead from the other, and we'll see if that happens. And uh, it's kind of where we saw it last year with Todd Santeo, and I would be surprised to see it this year either way because I, mean, I think that we'll start to see one guy start to click a little bit more now that they're in the swing of practice every day and getting going. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Again, I think last year we, we kind of knew what was going to happen. This year, I really don't think we do. <laughs> I mean, I I have my opinion. I'm, I'm probably not going to give it, but I, I think you do too. But I, I, I do think it's pretty wide open. I think it, it's – we just – I'm not sure they know right now. I think probably they knew last year. I don't think they know right now. So I, I think they want somebody to step up and take the job and not give it to somebody be a default. So, again, we'll see how it all plays out. I know one thing you're working on for this week is is Jalen Green, and we got to talk to, to Jalen last week and with without Isaac Uku on this team. Um, they're not quite as deep at defensive end as they have been, but as we talked last week, they've got, they've got enough guys. And Jalen will be a guy – that um, will be in the mix. He'll get probably the most snaps that he's ever had. He's always been productive when he's played. He's had some good spring games, but then when he's had opportunities, he's usually made the most of those opportunities. And I, I think he's poised to have a pretty big yeah, year, no, don't he you? Yes, I think Jalen Green is a guy that's really stepped up in this room. He didn't play, you know, much early in his career. He's kind of come on as a late bloomer, and he's embraced it, right? I think, you know, he told me he saw the the opening that Isaac Uku left, and he, he's going for it. I think that right now it's it's probably going to be his take, unless somebody comes out of nowhere. But I think you know he's playing really well right now. I do too. I think he's poised to have a big year. We'll, we'll kind of see what happens at that room. Uh, as long as those guys stay healthy, um, I think that could that, that should be a good room. And I even saw some they were tweaking and, and running some different things, some sub packages where maybe they had three linebackers, they had three D linemen at one point in time. They had. Um, I think we even saw last year a few times when they'd have three or four defensive ends on at the same time, and, and maybe James Carper on that was it. So we'll probably see some of that as well. I think too. Yeah, I mean, it's really, you know, this this defense, you know, we talked about it at practice today. Like, this defense is not, you know, anything that I think that JMU fans should be concerned of. I mean, most of them are back. It's a solid defense, one of the best in the country a year ago, and, and they only lost, you know, a couple players from it. I mean, they've got guys behind them that can replace them. So, you know, when we're at practice, we're, we're watching the offense for a while just because, you know, we, we know what this defense has, and I think they can plug and play whatever they want. I mean, Seeing multiple defensive ends in the field won't be surprising. I mean, James Carpenter's a guy that doesn't come off the field. And, uh, you know, you put him in the middle and have a whole lot of fast dudes around him, I think that'll be a, a lot to handle if you're offensive line. What do you, later on this week, they'll have their first scrimmage. Anything that you are kind of looking for at the scrimmage besides the quarterback and, and maybe somebody stepping up? 
Yeah, you know, I think, you know, receiver's probably the spot you look. Yes, it's, it's pretty comfortable with what they have, but it's kind of like who falls where um, on, the, on the offense. Tight end is, you know, pretty certain of how they're going to operate there with, you know, Zach Horton's the, the guy, and then, you know, you've got your options of what you want to do with them. You can put another run blocker in with Kai Wright. You can put Taylor Thompson in as that, you know, receiving threat. So I think those are kind of interesting to look at. And defensively, you can really look at the cornerback room. I mean, everything else is pretty solid. Chauncey Logan there, we talked about it, but, you know, who's going to fill in that depth pieces on the cornerback room and, and see there? They've got a lot of young talent, and we'll see if they can uh, use it. Again, that'll be Saturday when they have their first scrimmage, and we'll talk to Coach Signetti after the scrimmage and get his thoughts on what took place. We'll hear from some guys coming up tomorrow. We'll hear from the linebackers. Um, Reggie Brown, I think, is going to talk as well. So we'll talk to, to those guys coming up after practice. Tomorrow's a practice. They practice today. They'll go tomorrow, Wednesday, and then have Thursday off, go Friday, and then have a scrimmage coming up on Saturday. As We're in week two now of fall camp for the Dukes as they get set for Bucknell that opener coming up now. Twenty Devin Cole's away, 26 days away. There we go. <laughs> All right, my man. I appreciate you as always. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you.